0: Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll read these verses and um, finish up this thought on the church, the unity, and the diversity. Father, we come before your throne to hear your word. Father, uh, you are the creator and the sustainer of existence, and Father, we live in a day such as this. You've placed us here for such a time. You have empowered us for what you need to um, to get accomplished, Father. I am overwhelmed, Father. What you're doing in the lands of Russia, how you're using this group to literally impact thousands, maybe tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, Father we would have never planned that. Father, we would never even have comprehended that. Father, the door possibly for Ghana, the door for South Africa, the door for Burma, um, the door for India. Lord, um, it's overwhelming. But we come now to look at a text that shows us that this should not surprise us. Father, we should look at this and say, this is the norm. Father, help us to see that. Help us to draw to that. But Father, help us to rest in that. To your glory, to your praise. In Christ's name, amen. Chapter 12, verse 12. For even as the body is one and yet has... Many members and all the members of the body, though they are many are one body. So also is Christ for by one spirit. We were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free. We were made to drink of one spirit for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason, any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But God, but now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desires if they were all one member where would the body be we're looking at Paul's dissertation on the body of Christ and it basically is coming out of the theme of spiritual gifts and what the Corinthian church had done to corrupt the quote unquote church and the church was more like the world than it was like christ we've looked at the unity the unity is one body that was verse 12 but we looked at the identity of that one body is one spirit that's verse 13 last week we looked at the diversity of the body verses 14 through 17 and that there were multiple multiple members were drawn together to make this one entity and yet it has but one life force it has one life focus And and I concluded up last week's message on do we know what our gifts are? And if we do, then the question is, are we using them? And I have people ask me on a semi-regular basis as they'll come to me when they get brave enough and they'll say, what is my gift? And all I can say to you is, how does the spirit of God use you? That's your gift. You should be able to define your ministry, your service to Christ. Every single one of you should be manifest, should be seen. It's a divine enabling. And and I shared with you last week, we have, a a, 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 in America especially, is awful about this. We bypass carnal people. And we get organized. Why? Because if they're not going to do it, it still needs to be done. Therefore, let's organize a group of people to get a committee or something and we'll get it done. All right? That's where you see. Do you know we're the only country that has parachurch organizations? We're the only ones. You can't find them in South America. You can't find them in Europe, you can't find them in Asia, you cannot find them anywhere except America. Why? Well, I believe there's multiple reasons. Part of the the biggest reason is men and women in the body of Christ, allowing their flesh to overpower them, are useless to God, and the church believes I still need to go do this, I'll make an organization and we'll take care of it. All right? Uh, people will say, well, aren't we involved with in SGA? Aren't they a... No, they're not a parachurch organization. They do not consider themselves a church. They do not consider themselves any entity. They consider them a pipeline between the church in America and the church in Russia. That's all they are. They're the bridge. I mean, unless you really want to get into understanding how to deal with the State Department and the Russian Embassy and how to get visas and letters of invitations and, and flight and all the rest of it, do you really want to do that? Okay. Do you want to line up the interpreters? Do you want to ride up the line? Uh, Olaf to come and pick you up at the airport and who's going to take you back and who's going to get the train tickets? Are you want to plan that? I don't want to plan that. Okay. And that's all they do. That's all they do. And if you go talk to the people who were at SGA, you will find all of them are extensively involved in the church, their local churches. It's one of the reasons that I felt that, like we could uh, line up with SGA because they were concerned about how the church in Russia, what their needs was, and how the church in America could meet those needs. Okay? And we don't... Part, part of the thing that's killing us is that if we have a person who's carnal, we just go around them. We're not supposed to do that. You know what you're supposed to do? Confront it. Confront it. Listen, people ask me about spiritual gifts and how does this work and what is my ministry in the body of Christ and all the rest of it. And I'm going to tell you the same thing that I tell everybody. Show yourself faithful to serve. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's shoveling the sidewalk, if it's picking up leaves, if it's cleaning the church, uh, serving in the nursery, counting the money. I don't care what it is. There's all kinds of things to do. Um, You show your self faithful to that you will minister and your gift will be evident to everybody it is the shepherding of people every single one of you have that to some degree it may not be in an official office as an elder but you will have somebody who God brings into your life that you will shepherd their soul you know what that means right I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to kind of guard it. I'm going to make sure it eats well. I'm going to make sure it stays away from diseases. I'm going to make sure it's doing this. I'm make sure it's doing that. If it's got a little wound, I'm going to take care of the wound. You've got everybody in this room has somebody like that. You have somebody that God has placed in you that you are literally shepherding their soul. They come from within. Why? That's the functioning of the body. If I am faithful at that level, God will be faithful and God will place you in a strategic place of service and it will continue to grow and God will bless it and the fruit will be that of God. See, here's one of the problems that we have in America. If I don't get X number of berries, I'm not going to do it. Really? Don't read the Old Testament prophets then. Them people are depressing I wouldn't want to do any of their jobs and yet we will read them we'll exalt them as great honorable men of God but if you look at them on your model that you have today and you're thinking every one of them is a failure they didn't get anything done I mean think about Samuel the great prophet Samuel who was anointing kings do you know what his kids ended up doing? anybody they shamed him they shamed him they wouldn't even follow in their father's footprints so what's the product well I don't know you anointed king Saul and you anointed king David and I'm thinking neither one of those Whoa, we did good there didn't we Each of us has a part in the body of Christ. Every single one of you. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how tall you are. I don't care what your social economic position is. I don't care where you are in the economy of life. You have a valuable position in the body of Christ and nowhere, nowhere, nowhere is there spectators in the church. Nowhere. This right here is feeding time. It's fuel for the motor. Listen, you don't have to come to everything. But know it's here for you if you want to take advantage of it. It's that simple. We try to feed you. I try to feed you what you need to develop a ministry that God will bless. And I do that by showing you who God is. Here's what God does. It's a ministry that has to begin first and foremost within the body of Christ. If I am not faithful to the saints of God, I will not be faithful to to lost people or people I'm not that intimate with. You know, I, I hear people keep saying, well, we need to build relationship. Dude, you're indwelling the Holy Spirit. What are you going to add to that? I don't have to build a relationship I have the same life pulse in me that you guys have it's the same one the same zeal I have you guys have it comes from the same person it may manifest itself differently but I got news for you it's one spirit listen a believer who does not have a ministry is a contradiction did you know that? And yet we think that we have to have a 503C. No. Listen, a a believer who does not have a ministry is denying God the right to use you the way that He gifted and prepared you to be used. You're denying God that privilege. Listen, diversity is not an accident. Okay, diversity was God's plan. And I'm going to look at this a little more because I'm going to look at verses 18 and 19. Actually, just 18, 24 and 28. Okay, Because there is unity, even in the diversity. Why? There is one Lord. And what you will see in verses 18 and uh, 24 and 28 is what is called sovereignty. Sovereignty. Look at verse 18. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as He desired. Hmm. Okay. Um, Some of your translations may say, as He pleased. It may say, God set them as He pleased. Okay. Okay. Here's, this is so cool. Paul now turns to the one who created the physical body. And he says, not only did he create the physical body, and he did a pretty good job with it. It seems pretty much, what well, bugger, looks like it could work. Okay? But he also created the church body. Okay? Set in place. You know, when I look at that, when I see that, where he set it, he, he placed it as he desires. That's active divine appointment. Okay, God didn't say, well, I hope this thing works out all right. No, God looked at it and said, I will be active and I will divinely appoint it as I desire. Just like God planned the physical body, He planned the church. You have the gift you have because you are exactly what God wanted you to be minus your sin. It's already done. Okay. Uh, I was reading B.B. Um, Warfield s- speaking on this. And he, he coined a phrase here that just kind of hit me. That I was just like, wow, this is kind of cool. And he used this term. Divine dignity. Divine dignity to every saint of God. The Corinthians were running around and many, maybe even today in this group are running around saying, why didn't I get this gift or get that gift? Okay. Be content with what God has given you. That is the basis of divine dignity. God has granted unparalleled dignity to every single part of the body regardless of what you think your capabilities are or what you should, I I ain't doing, I can't, I I don't get to speak, I don't teach, I don't have this, I don't, you know what? God has set the members, it says. Which ones? All of them. And he set them as he pleased. Do you understand that? Do Do you understand the dignity that is in that? God said, I want you to be this tall, this color of eyes, this color of hair, this kind of shape. You're going to be this age. You're going to be born at this moment. You will leave at this moment and you will be used for my glory every breath I grant you. And I'm sitting there going, saying, now is that important or what? Well, but I didn't get to, really? Do you see what I'm trying to get at? He says, God did this. And why would we want to chase something else? Why would we want to do it another way? Why would we want to have this mindset or that methodology? Or maybe we can try this system. Or maybe I can try that system. Or maybe I should try that. It's sort of like uh, David going to go fight Goliath. And Saul says, here, wear my armor. And David says, I can't fit in it. And I see people in the body of Christ who think they need to go get Saul's armor. Well, if I dress a certain way, then what? <coughs> then What? You're just going to look like somebody in somebody else's clothes. Listen, let me see if I can be specific about this. If you're not content with where you are in the body of Christ, with your gift, you're rebelling against God. That's the politically correct way of saying you're sinning. Okay? Okay? When you don't minister, okay, you're just acting selfishly and it shines brightly. It shines brightly. And you you are against the sovereign, supreme will of God. You're telling Him, No. It is the antagonist that I see in Romans 9. Well, if God just is doing all of this stuff then who am I? And he says, Oh, you man, who are you to tell God anything? Who are you, Clay, to tell the potter what you want to be? Why would you make me this way? Because it was for my good pleasure. He says it, and the psalmist tells us that the rose blooms in the desert and it's only for God's own pleasure each one of you in this group are for God's own pleasure he made you he put you here exactly for his own will how many of us go to God and say I just want to thank you for making me like this think about it you are gone to God like that well but you don't understand my butt's too big my head's too small I don't know I think that might be a woman thing. I don't know any guy that ever said, you know, my butt's too big. So anyway. Have you ever thought about it though? I, I thank you, Lord, for making me just like this for just as time as this and just a position as this because you are doing good and it is to your pleasure. Do you ever thought about that? How, we're never content. Well, but if I had this or if I had that, if I had an old car, if I had a new car, if I had a used car, if I had a blue car, well, but if I had this relationship, if I had that job, if I had this place, no, you're never going to be there. You are exactly where God wants you, powered by God for exactly what he wants you to do for right now. And you don't, life is but a vapor. Well, I think that in 20 years I will. No! No! What are you doing right now? If I ain't faithful right now, don't ever plan ahead. Don't ever plan ahead. Why? How do you know you get ahead? That's the thing that I really wish that you and I would see this day. You need to get a hold of this. I can minister in a way that is necessary for the body of Christ now, right now. He doesn't say, get saved, then I'm going to send you off to school sometime and we're all going to hang out and we're going to do this and then I'm going to bring you back and put you in the ministry. Listen, if you're saved, you're in the ministry. And he's already made it. It's already there. Well, you think that you can get enough gigabytes of information that now you can be profitable? Oh, you're an idiot. And I say that in an unloving way. I've studied the Bible consistently daily now for almost 20 years and all I know is I haven't even scratched this thing. And you're going to tell me, I'm going to go to school and learn to what? What? You're telling me, well, I'm in the body, but I'm just going to hang out here because I'm not ready. You'll never be ready. Think about it. You're only going to deal with the eternal destiny of souls. How ready are you going to get for that? You know, I think I want to be in discipleship training or something. You know what? Go to church. Go to church. You know what? Part of me says church needs its charge tuition. I mean, I'll give the seminary a whole bunch of money, and then you come out and you what? You can prove you're stupid. (laughs) And I've got a piece of paper that says, Look, I are dumb. I I don't understand this because we have bought the world's system. God says, I gift you and I place you as I please. That's That's incredible. The dignity of the body of Christ doesn't belong to the upfront people. It doesn't belong to the people with the showy gifts. Okay? Um, If you go to our website, okay, you're gonna see who? All of us. When I go to a website and all I do is see the picture of, quote unquote, the upfront guy, I get nervous. Because I know what it takes to be the upfront guy. And you'd better have a whole bunch behind you. The dignity belongs to everyone because every one of us is what we are by the very sovereign will of God. Get a hold of that. You really need to get a hold of that. You are exactly where you are. You are exactly empowered for what you're doing. You are exactly placed because God said, this is what I want done. You are are that marvelous one that God has made out of all of the world of men there is no one like you no one can fill your spot and you are to be what you are and to be in his body for his glory and the blessing of the saints it's already taken care of he says I already got this thing planned we have people who want to be the upfront guys the, the showy people well, oh, man, that guy could turn a phrase. That guy could articulate. I mean, that guy explained things. Or she did this. Or she did that. You know what? why? I can tell you why we want to do that. Pride. Pride. Let me ask you a question. Who was the pastor of the church in Thessalonica? Anybody know? Who was the upfront guy for the church in Thessalonica? We don't have a clue. Do you know that there's never been a time in Thessalonica there hasn't been a church? Since 57 AD to 2007, there's a church right now, Evangelical Bible Preaching Church in Thessalonica. You know what? I'm today, I don't know what the guy's name is. Okay? Do you know that out of all the letters of the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians, the whole first three chapters are accolades to the church of Thessalonica? You guys are amazing. And then in chapter 4, he says, but I want you to excel more. And he says, then it just rattles off. Here's how. Later. And I don't know who the pastor is. I don't know who the Sunday school teacher. I don't know who the worship leader was. I don't know if they ever wrote any music. I don't know who led their choir. And yet, I read the first three chapters of First Thessalonians and say, Whoa, what a church. You know, they didn't even have a TV or radio program. Did you know that? Did you know that within three months' time, all of Christendom had heard what had happened to the church in Thessalonica, how they had turned from idols to the living God? That the testimony of what God was doing in the church in Thessalonica was all the way over the whole Greek peninsula? Within three months' time. And they had these love offerings coming in so they could get on satellite radio. No. We don't know what it did. God said, you know what? You guys are gifted. You're empowered. You're placed. And watch what I will produce. You know what? So are you. So are you. You with your gift from God are God's masterpiece placed into this massive canvas that he is that he is painting that will be Jesus Christ. And he did it as he pleased, as he desired. Christian does not select his own gifts. You have absolutely no part in that. You know what? You don't even get to pick where you're born. Did you know that? Where you live? You think, you? Oh, I'm going to move up here and do this and do that. You know what? God's doing exactly what God wants to do. You have no part in that. God does it. Well, let me ask you a question. I thought about this. What kind of chaos do you think we would have if everyone is running around seeking their own gift? If everyone said, I want to go do this, what do you suppose that would look like? Now let me ask you a question. Do you think you can organize the entire body of Christ... I've listened to pastors try to tell me that I need to understand the congregation in such a way that I can deal with each of them's individual problems as I go through every message good Lord you think I have to talk long now (laughs) I don't start with the A's and go through here we go A's and the B's no I give you who God is you decrease he increases and you got no problem that ain't complicated that's good because he's seen my organizational skills but I know listen there's some of you in this room who are guilty of trying to tell me how the church is supposed to be you believe you can organize the church and that's like that guy told me about binding demons you need to go out and bind demons I said my kids don't listen to me why would a demon listen to me I can't get saved people half the time to listen to me Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, well, you oughta. Okay? All I do, I, I, my job, you can call me the foghorn. I, I don't care. I, I look at it as the table waiter. God prepares it. There's the table. I got to try to get it from where God prepared it to the table without spilling anything. Sort of lost its glamour, doesn't it? Okay? Yeah, I'm the foghorn. It's really nasty outside. I don't even have the message. I just magnify it loud. Well, I thought you was, no, that's it, people. I wish there was more. I wish we could get a grip on this. Divine dignity is in every child of God. And anyone to question what he has or anyone to feel inferior or superior is as ridiculous a thing as I've ever heard. I, you know what? I love every one of you, and I've been in this church a long time. I've known many of you a long, long time. Okay, but I am clueless about what you need. I couldn't meet your needs if I had to. Ask my wife. She said he doesn't even get close to mine, but he at least tries. We were created in Christ Jesus. But we are placed within. But placed within you is a marvelous capacity to minister to the body of Christ and God Himself. Now, what are you going to go to do to add to that? Get a grip, to this. I think that it's terrible when a Christians aren't content with what God has given them. Um, it's proud that's all it is I mean look at it when I I'd meet with we have a new church in town we have the 29 minute church did you know that we got a 29 minute church it's like a baked potato no um, your time is important to you so we only going to take up 29 minutes of it perfect um I'm looking for the 24-minute church myself, because my time is way more important than 29 minutes. You see, what I'm trying to get at this is many, I, I, we're going to plant a new church in the community. Why? Because I didn't see a steeple. Oh, I, okay. I, you know what? I've been in Jerusalem. Those are minarets. <laughs> you don't want nothing to do with them. They got some. They don't even go up there and sit, pray no more. They do it through a megaphone. I think it's terrible when I see the people in the congregations aren't content with what God has given them as a ministry, and they pursue something else. They want something else. Um, you know, we do. You have something for old people, for young people, for single people, for divorced people, for alcoholics, for drug addicts, for youth, for whatever. What are you doing? Feeding the flesh feeding the flesh you know what do you know there's never a single command in the Bible to seek a spiritual gift it's not in there oh that ain't true preacher chapter 14 verse 39 says says what my brethren desire earnestly prophecy there you go don't forbid to speak in tongues see that's what it says Okay, let me ask you a question brethren singular or plural Plural. So he says, I want everybody to be a mouth. Is that what Paul's saying? No. He says, Corinthians, when you as a church come together, what should you be looking for? Prophecy. Prophecy. Why? You know what I call that? Proclaiming teaching. Okay? It's obvious that the Corinthian church was having a little problem with teaching. Or the lack of it. It is brethren. Who is that? That is the body of believers that made up the congregation in the church in Corinth. What should you be seeking in a church? The proclamation of God's word, period. Do you hear what I said? That means I can get rid of the piano. I can get rid of the organs. I can get rid of everything. You want to see the church manifested. You want to see it exalted. It's only going to get done one way. How? How? Prophecy, proclamation of God's word. Ask yourself today in our community what is sought as church. It looks just like Corinth. It looks just like Corinth. Okay? You seek prophecy, not individually. You seek it as an assembly. You need to be taught. You need fuel for the motor. You need to seek proclamation of the Word. You need to see the Word of God exalted. Let's get some proclaiming going on. You guys are in need of some teaching, Paul is telling the Corinthians. And they are. They're a mess. Listen, there's no place in the body of Christ to be discontent. There's no place in the body of Christ for selfishness. And there's no place in the body of Christ for conceit. No place. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4 says this, God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His own will. Who did it? God did it. How? The way He wanted it. You've seen that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 11 and 18. You see it in Romans chapter 8. God will deal out a measure of faith. God has saved us and God has placed us in the body with certain gifts. To the Corinthians and to you and I this day, He says, Stop chasing the showy stuff. If you chase a gift, I thought about this. If you chase a gift that you don't have, will you get it? No, but you will get a counterfeit. Guaranteed, you will get a counterfeit. And most of the stuff that I see out there is counterfeit. Okay, but I want to show you something else, another verse. Okay, because we're still dealing with this unity of one Lord. Look at verse 24. Okay, some of yours may have a semicolon in it. Verse 24, Uh, mine ends at at a phrase and it says, But God... Okay. I'll get the rest of these verses in the weeks to come. But right now I'm still dealing with the unity because it is one Lord. And one Lord is master. He is Adonai. He is sovereign. He is king. You don't make him Lord. He already is. Okay. Look what it says there. But God has so composed the body. Stop right there. Okay. The word there, composed... All right, and the Greek literally means to mix together. Okay, now what's he talking about here? He's not talking about the individual; he's talking about the the body. Okay, it literally uses secular Greek to speak of mixing of colors. Have you ever seen a, a, a a guy who paints or a lady who paints with oils? They'll have primary colors and then they'll mix them up, and then they'll paint off as they mix the colors to what they choose to fix. Okay, that's the phrase that is used there where he says, but God has so composed. God has mixed together. God has mixed the colors. See, God not only chooses the gift for us. Get a hold of this. This here, change your whole outlook. Not only does he choose to gift you as he pleases, he mixes us in with the right people so that the right combination will work in the right location. Did you get that? He takes and gifts you. He makes you a color. All right? There it is. And then he takes that color and he mixes it with other colors that are sitting next to you. So that all of those colors together come to this massive canvas that God is painting. You see it in the Book of Esther. Such a time as this. Do you know why? Now I want you. This is is just so cool. In Esther, it says, "For such a time as this," Mordecai kept telling Esther. And if I was Esther, I'd have slapped him. But anyway. Okay, but ask yourself a question. Why are you here at Castle Baptist Church? Okay. No, 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 no. Even this very moment, why are you here? Because God mixed you in here for ministry. Every single one of you. Each of us is a combination of many gifts. My primary gift uh, is preaching, proclamation, prophecy, OK and exhortation. But I tell you what, if you don't have a person who has some wisdom in that, they're painting a, you know, foot. They are. And he's made me in leadership, so I'd better have some discernment. Okay, and everybody says, but what about mercy? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what you guys are for. Okay, and I have some mercy. I just leave it in my other suit. I do. Um, but it takes, if I, I can only use it for me, but for me, I am a combination of many gifts that makes me who I am. Okay, now, now I'm not talking about the external, what you're seeing, Terry. I'm talking about the person that I am in the body of Christ. But I have been placed in with a combination of many of you to manifest Christ. Because I can't by myself. I can't by myself. Once we are the color that He wants us to be, He places you on the canvas of the church in the spot he wants you to be in and right next to the other colors. So that when he's done, the picture is finished. And I can tell you what the picture looks like Jesus Christ. We are not only the right color, but we are in, but you're the right color in the right place. That's divine dignity. That's divine dignity. He takes the gifts, he puts them in the individual, and he takes those gifts and he mixes them with other individuals. So he gets other gifts and he has a manifestation of Jesus Christ to the lost and dying world goes, wow, look at that. See, the greatest torment that I have, the greatest heartache that I have ongoing is those uh, not wanting to be a part of it. I mean, how would you like to say, here's this color, and the color says, don't bother me, I'm fading. Or, this color just wants to run. My color is just going to drip. You know what? I'm not even going to be a color. I'm going to be clear. Clear. Now, we laugh at that, but you know what? I know people right now sitting in this room who are doing that. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be a color. I don't want to be mixed. When the portrait is held up, when you have people in the church that are doing that, when the portrait is held up before a lost and dying world, what do they see? What do they see? Church in Corinth. Look what it says next. Still looking at this unity of one Lord. He has made it, He placed them in the body as He pleases, He has gifted them as He's pleased, He puts them in the exact position that He wants, He puts them in the exact time that He wants, an exact community that He wants with the other believers that He wants. Why? Then verse 28 says that he appointed in the church. Stop right there. He appointed. This is a divine appointment. This is the same terminology that is used in verse 18. In addition to the gift and the blending of it, he brings in gifted men who lead and who direct. Okay? This is that text that I see teaching on spiritual gifts. The gifts of men to the body of Christ. It's Ephesians four eleven, my job is to perfect the saints to make each one's color so bright and beautiful so that the portrait of Christ is clear. Okay, but, do, do, who chose the twelve disciples? Christ did. Okay, when one betrayed him, who chose Matthias? Christ did. No, Christ did. Who chose Paul? Christ did. When he says, I want to send missionaries to the Gentiles and give me Paul and Barnabas. Who did that? Christ did. Why? The body is one. And we are part of that oneness. We are part of that oneness. We must sense that. You have to sense that. If you don't sense that, You're not saved. Whoa, you're not saved. If you do not sense the oneness of the saints of God, then what are you? He's already, I gave you the argument. The the foot says I I ain't going to be a part of the body because I ain't a hand. Does not make it any less a part of the body? Does it? It's still part of the body. I mean, it may be mad. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Not multiple spirit. And yet we are diverse. We're each unique. You could take somebody who's gifted the same as I am and they'll be completely different than me. And everybody says, Amen. Each one is unique. You know, call it spiritual snowflakes. But you know what we are? We are exactly what God has made us to be. And you know what is really cool about it? It was planned before the foundations of the earth. Please use what you are and realize that it's God's plan. You've got to be content. We're not to chase something, we're not to do something that you're not. Don't try it. God, if this is what I am because you wanted it so, I'll minister for you. It's that simple. You know, I see the church is plagued by movements. We have movements. The church is moving to this and revival for this and we got this gift and we got, you know, and I see it and we have the movement of the languages and we got movement of healings and and weird stuff like that. But you know what I never see is the movement of giving. God's moving to the spiritual gift of giving. Well, God's moving to the spiritual gift of helps or mercy. You know why? Why? It's not showy. It's not showy. Listen, I want to conclude with this. There's two, two things I want to conclude with. One is a text uh, that is very, very dear to my heart. But I want to give you a little story. It's from a, a, a professional umpire in the Major League Baseball. And they were in the playoffs, and he was umpire, and He was calling call home, home plate. And um, there was a runner on third, two outs. Okay, one out, I mean. Okay, and, uh, and we're, we're drawing into the end stretch here. And this batter just lines one man out to left field. Okay, runner on third, stays on third, waits and waits. and He lines this thing and it flies and flies. The and guy takes off and runs backwards and catches it with one hand. Turns around and at that time, the guy on third tags up and takes off for home. Well, the guy in left field is known for his arm. And he just unloads. Boom! from left field. One hop, boom, into the catcher's mitt, boom, cloud of dust and everything. And both benches, one bench is saying, he's out, he's out, he's out. The other bench is saying, he's safe, he's safe, he's safe. And the umpire stands up He says, he ain't anything until I call it. That's what we are. We ain't anything until God calls it. Okay? Let me share with you a text that is part of what I do. Comes out of Colossians chapter one, verse twenty eight. No, actually it is Colossians chapter one, verse twenty eight. It doesn't come out of it. We proclaim him, admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. God has appointed me for such a time to this church to do what? Proclaim, admonish, teach so that I can do what? Present every single one of you complete in Christ so that your color is as vibrant as a color as God intended it to be so that when we collectively come together, we are Christ. We are Christ. Okay. you know you are something to the king of kings and lord of lords you have divine dignity but like a little story I gave you you ain't nothing until he calls it when he calls it now you're something alright and you were that at the moment that you believed and you are desperately needed by the rest of us Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the amazing things you show us continually in your book. And Father, I just praise you that you will build your church. And the gates of hell cannot stop it. And I praise you that you've allowed us the privilege to be a part of it. I praise you allowed us the privilege to draw together. And that, Father, that the ministry that I have is solely and wholly based on the servants that you've put around me. Thank you, my King, for what you've already done. And yet, Father, with an eager expectation of what you will do, Father, may we bow before your throne, humble servants, gifted, empowered, with a divine enabling to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could ever think or imagine in Christ Jesus. Father, that we collectively will be the manifestation of Jesus Christ, a portrait of your Son, in this lost and dying world. To Your glory. Amen.